Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for your weekly fix of wrestling nostalgia. When we look at wrestling's past eras. From the Attitude Era. To the Reality Era. I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's it's gonna get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. To today. Here on the WWE Podcast. Hey guys, what is going on? And welcome back to Wrestling Nostalgia here on the WWE Podcast on this August 11th, 2021. As I believe this is going to be the last time you hear my voice on um, Nostalgia. It seems like Matt is slowly but surely creeping back towards a regular schedule. He was back on the Monday Night Raw review last night. He actually, in the end, uh, was able to do the weekend review that I was originally scheduled to do. But I have no problem sticking around here on Nostalgia. As you guys know, going back in time in WWE land is my bread and butter. And today, we are going back to August of 2004 for The Rock's final in-ring appearance before his seven-year hiatus between 04 and 2011 and I'm sure there will be a collective groan amongst you guys that oh my god the super rock fan is taking us back for another rock memory and you're damn right I am (laughs) but uh, in all seriousness I think this is an event that a lot of people forget about and we often just think back to 
The Rock's return in 2011 and his subsequent rivalries with John Cena and CM Punk, leading to two WrestleMania main events against the former, one of which including the WWE Championship. But before his return, The Rock, as I previously said, was gone for seven and I want to say seven and a half years. Um, one, two, three. No, it was about six and a half years that he was completely off of television. So we'll just say seven to make it more uh, significant. So we'll just run with that. And before his ultimate complete departure from the company, from an in-ring perspective, he had kind of been on a part-time schedule for the year and a half leading up to it. So his final... Um, full-time run with the company ended at backlash 2003 when he lost to goldberg in goldberg's first match in the wwe or first match on pay-per-view at least and then following that he would show up at random you know once he came back on the highlight reel uh for interrupt edge uh, jericho and christian he came back several times to help Mick Foley, the first of which uh, when to help him against La Resistance, put a beat down on the French tag team. And then he came back in March of 2004 to aid Mick Foley in his battle against Evolution, ultimately leading to the three-on-two handicap match at WrestleMania 20, uh, a match of which um, Evolution went over on the Rock and Saw Connection. And that was his final match before coming back in 2011. But he made a few appearances following that. The first of which he came back to help Eugene in one of the most beloved segments in a long, long time. Really cool segment. And he comes back, you know, chirps coach, calls him a popcorn fart. And then him and Eugene put a beating on coach and Garrison Cade. Just about a month later, in June of 2004, he comes back and cuts a promo in his hometown of Miami, actually opens up Monday Night Raw, and then has a face-to-face encounter with Randy Orton. And him and Randy Orton have a promo, The Rock gives him the SmackDown, and, and Bischoff throws him out of the arena. And on a side note, as Matt and I talked about on one of our What If segments, um that was a program that i really think that uh we never got to see orton versus the rock the battle of the third generation superstars that is just something i truly wish we would have gotten at one point or another but nevertheless that leads us to august of 2004 and it is two monday night raws following SummerSlam of 2004. So to give you a bit of the lay of the land, what happened at SummerSlam that year was Orton winning his first ever World Heavyweight Championship against Chris Benoit. The following night on Raw, Evolution turns on him after Orton successfully defends the championship against Benoit in a rematch and then beats the holy hell out of Orton, essentially turning Randy Orton babyface. And then you had another angle of Kane marrying Lita with Matt Hardy trying to make the save on her and uh, ultimately failing. So that's kind of what is going on on Monday Night Raw at the time. And Edge is the Intercontinental Champion. Pretty weird to say, but once upon a time, Edge as a mid-card babyface holding that IC title was one of the um, staples on Monday Night Raw. 
and a championship he had successfully defended against Batista and Chris Jericho in a triple threat match at SummerSlam. But another thing, in addition to all of these, let's say, quote, main storylines going on, was the Raw Diva Surge. And you guys may think, what the hell is the Raw Diva Surge? Well, we certainly wouldn't see it in today's generation and WWE landscape and political climate, that's for damn certain. And for good reason, because you want to talk about objectifying women, and that is damn well pretty much what the diva search was so coach was the host of the diva search and essentially they would come out every week and do some kind of a challenge um more times than not just standing there in bathing suits so the challenges were kind of uh secondary for um let's say them being presented as eye candy for lack of a better term something that when you look back on it it is really I don't know, maybe concerning is not the right word, but a little sad that that is what WWE used to do in terms of trying to promote new female talent. But that's just the way it was back then. And Coach being the the heel at the time, kind of the assistant and lackey to Eric Bischoff, him hosting the Raw Diva Search was always entertaining. It was always super funny. I always had a lot of time for Coach, and I was thoroughly disappointed when his return to the company and I believe 2017 ultimately went nowhere. So they open up the segment with coach um, revealing the diva who would not be advancing to the next round that night. And she uh, quietly walks back to the back and leaves the, the final contestants. I believe there was five left at this point still in the ring to compete in the next challenge. But the coach had a specific type of challenge in mind, one of which the fans were not really happy to hear. To tell the coach how great I really am. Oh, wait a minute. But now, now that I think about it, I don't think two minutes is nearly long enough to tell everybody what you think of the coach. So what I thought we would probably do instead of two minutes Let's make it five minutes. Everybody wants to hear. So The Rock's music hits, and the video really didn't do it justice, but it really just makes you realize how over The Rock still was at this time. And at this point, as The Rock was rapidly just becoming or already was just a a special attraction in the WWE world, when his music would hit, and I remember watching this live, it would send such a shock to the system because you truly never knew when you were going to hear it again. And, you know, not to use the cliche when it comes to The Rock, but he literally would electrify the crowd. 
in the same way that Stone Cold Steve Austin would. And at this point, Stone Cold Steve Austin's run as the co-GM slash sheriff had come to an end. So two of the biggest stars that the company had ever seen, not around on a full-time basis, both of which kind of rapidly approaching full-time retirement, one of which becoming a Hollywood star. You know, when you would get to see either Austin or The Rock come out, you would just go absolutely ballistic because you just never knew if or when you would ever get to see that again or hear that music again. So it really was just about living in the moment when you got the treat of really seeing these two once-in-a-generation stars. And I know this is specifically about The Rock, but Stone Cold Steve Austin is the best of all time, in my opinion. And then right under him, you have The Rock. Two megastars that the company effectively lost at the same exact time in early 2003 following WrestleMania 19. And that's, you know, about a year and a half before this particular segment when The Rock did come back in Anaheim. So The Rock comes to the ring, and at, by this point, him and the coach have a well-established rivalry. And it's more of a comedy rivalry. But they've had run-ins a few times. The Rock has always made fun of him. But now that the, the coach is a heel, although a comedy heel, it just makes it all the better. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But when The Rock finally gets to the ring and is done making his entrance, he makes short work of telling the coach to amscray.
So The Rock uh, tells the coach to get out of here, and now you are expecting The Rock to really do his typical shtick. And by this point, you know, maybe looking back on it from a 2021 perspective, and you may have your own opinions of Dwayne Johnson as a person, and that he's overexposed, and he's in your face, and he's become a gimmick, and... You know, all things that are true. You know, when I say I'm a massive rock fan, I'm talking about the character. Dwayne Johnson, the guy, meh. I mean, I think it's become a, a bit much with him. Uh, I think that it was, um, it's becoming a bit overdone, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. We're here to talk about The Rock. And by this point, there was still a lot of juice left to be squeezed out of The Rock's character. And in a lot of ways, it was cut short. And The Rock um, ha always had the crowd in the palm of his hand. And one thing about The Rock that was always so funny to me is how he used to fancy himself as a ladies' man. And the next part of the diva search, or this segment with him dealing with the, the divas in the diva search... We get The Rock at his absolute best really acting like the macho man that he thought he was. Hello, mamas. Uh-huh. But see, The Rock... The Rock says this. I mean, God, look at you. Everybody's looking fine. Looking fine as the day is long. Looking beautiful. And the rock, the rock. What are these people saying, JR? But the rock knows what you're thinking. The rock knows exactly what all five of you fine athletes are thinking. You're thinking, damn, look at the rock. And you're also thinking, I am getting so wet. Oh, ah, no, 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 with, with, no, no, with perspiration because of the hot lights. It is hot in here. I see you guys sweat. No, I see, I see, but you guys are excited to be here, right? You're excited, come on, come together. Damn, you don't gotta stand over there. Come on over here, mom. Now you got, yeah, I'll take, yeah. You guys should be excited. You're excited because you have a chance to, be, to, to become a raw diva. Being a raw diva is the best job. It's the best job in the world. One of the best jobs in the world. I tell you, you know, we can ask our beautiful Lillian Garcia. She she's a raw diva. Yeah. How you doing, Mama? <laughs> Easy, big fella. Oh no. <laughs> now you like being a raw diva, you know. And Lillian wasn't always a raw diva. She's like you guys. You guys have jobs. Lillian used to have a job. She used to work at the sperm bank. Oh. She got fired for drinking on the job. No! But... <laughs> yeah, so The Rock just doing his classic bit. And, like, <laughs> again, not to drop back more into, like, the political climate that we're in now, but... Do you think maybe The Rock would get canceled nowadays if he did this? <laughs> if he did it, this whole shtick and this routine? But, I mean, I'm laughing because the thing is, is that I think by this point, and I could say this with relative certainty, 
by this point, I think The Rock could come back and pretty much just do whatever the damn hell he wanted. And Jericho kind of alluded to that on the Broken Skull sessions when uh, he was talking about with Austin and he said that like he would be stressed if they went over time limit with a promo or they said something that they weren't supposed to say. And when they were walking back through Gorilla, The Rock would be like, yeah, just don't worry about it. Because he was just so damn entertaining that, you know, you just let him do do whatever he wanted. And I'm sure that's the way that WWE management with Vince and Bruce Pritchard and whoever was in the back during this point would take it. And I'm sure it's the same thing today when he comes back. Although that obviously he doesn't say the same things, you know, it's more of a sensitive time, all that and whatnot. But seeing The Raw come back and just not even miss a beat really was really just a testament to how talented the guy was and it was more so kind of sad in a weird way like a bittersweet moment because you were damn he's so good he's back you know the rock's great and then you sit back and realize like holy crap like when are we gonna see this again and the sad reality was is not too many more times, at least in the near future. And, you know, before we get into the closing thoughts, um, we'll continue down this specific segment of The Rock. So he decides, as, you know, back then was almost like a staple in his character, that they were going to have a pie-eating competition. And The Rock needed help with someone bringing out the pies to the ring so the divas could show off their talent. Millions of The Rock's fans want to see. They want to eat you. They want to see you eat something else. They don't want to see you eat ice cream. Uh -oh. No, no, no. They uh -oh. want to see you eat. Uh oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> so now, is there anyone in the back? who can bring out some pies for the diva. Diva, bring out some pies. What? Diva's want to eat pies. Hey, look. Look at my man Tajiri bringing out the pies. Bring out the pie. You know what else we need? We need, a, we need a table. We need a table, a pie table. Where's Nikki? Wow. Nikki, bring a table in the ring. Look at all the pies. The fact that they used Tajiri to bring out the pies, like, this, this was just such great writing. Well, like, I don't even know if it was writing. To be honest with you, I'm not even sure if this was writing or they just gave The Rock, like, a, a vague destination of where he needed to get to um, eventually with this segment. And, you know, you used Tajiri who at this point was in a tag team with Rhino, didn't have a huge spot in the Monday Night Raw landscape. But this was another thing that I found really cool about this, is that, you know, The Rock comes back, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of appearances scheduled, and I believe at this point they were kind of on the basis of if he was around and able to do it and the timing worked out, he would call up Vince on a whim and just be like, hey, if you have a spot available for me, I can come in and do a segment. And this particular Raw being in Anaheim probably worked out because with The Rock being in Hollywood by this point, it was in close proximity. But the fact that he would come back and not even involve himself in a main storyline 
And I think this was one of the first segments, the one of the opening segments was really cool of him to, you know, kind of give Tajiri the rub, help boost the legitimacy of the diva search, kind of further coach as like a heel, even though he wasn't a wrestler, but just like a heel authority type of figure. And even before this, you know, when he would come back to help Eugene, when he came back at WrestleMania 20 to put over Evolution, most notably Orton and Batista, like this was the giving back portion for The Rock, um, even though he would eventually come back and have another somewhat full-time run with the company seven, eight years down the line. But we didn't know if that we were ever going to get back to that point. Like, who at this point in 2004, nobody knew what his schedule was. Nobody knew what his future would hold. And we were six months removed from his last match. But every time he came back at this point in his career, it was to help put over talent that needed it or a a storyline that the WWE was trying to get over with the fans. And I found that was a really cool part of what The Rock was doing at this point in his career. He wouldn't come back and, let's say, put a beat down on then world champion. You know, he had come back on and off through the entirety of Triple H's world heavyweight championship run when he was basically the world title, the world champion for two years straight on and off, save for a a couple of brief stints by, let's say, Michaels and Benoit. But he never came back and, you know, uh, buried Triple H as the world champion or anything like that. Let's say as Goldberg will come back now and just insert himself into a world heavyweight championship match. The Rock was coming back and really helping out WWE get over lower mid-card type of angles and storylines and wrestlers to help further uh, the product. So the segment goes along and they have the pie-eating competition and the girls doing it in the sexiest ways possible and Tajiri is acting like he's on the verge of... um, You know what? (laughs) He's on the verge of... I'm sure you guys can fill in the blank over in the corner. You know, this is a PG show. We got to stay in line with that, even though the product may not have been PG at this time. But, uh, you know, Tajiri's having a blast watching all of the, uh, the divas eat the pies to the sexiest of their capabilities. And The Rock is coaching it. But they eventually get interrupted by the coach, who is flanked by La Resistance. And Coach says that the party's over and that, you know, they're going to come down there and lay a beating on The Rock and Tajiri. And when this interruption happens, The Rock tells the Divas to get out of the ring and has a special message for the coach in several different languages. I'll tell you what, The Rock will tell you like this in a couple of different languages. Out of respect for my boy Tajiri, Italian Chinese. Ching bang ding dao! And what that means, what that means, and my boy Matt can attest to this, is that means like this, we say this good old-fashioned American style. Just bring it, bitch! Whoa! And my resistance is a little Oh, 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 oh,
So <laughs> the Rock and Tajiri getting beaten down by Coach and Lavers at Stones. Rhino, Tajiri's tag partner at the time, comes in to make the big save. And then one of the more funny visuals ever was the coach being blocked in the ring by Tajiri and Rhino, and then tries to square up against the Rock and runs into a spine buster and a subsequent people's elbow. And one of the funniest things about that. Um, that segment is when The Rock sets up for the people's elbow and he doesn't have an elbow pad to throw into the crowd. So he rips off his shirt and chocks it in and then you hear all the female voices go absolutely nuts. But um, yeah, this was the last time you would see The Rock in a WWE ring until Valentine's Day 2011. And I mean, he made several other appearances along the way. Like he did a via satellite prediction for the Battle of the Billionaires in 2007. I believe there was one more time, but it was always via satellite. This was the final in-ring appearance for The Rock for six and a half years. And it really kind of hits home looking back on it. Because this whole show, I've been talking about how... You were so excited to see The Rock at this point because you never knew when you were going to hear that theme music again. And you never knew the next time you were going to see him walk out into an arena or the next time he was going to hit the people's elbow or say, finally, The Rock has come back to blank. But it turns out that it would it was the last time for an entire generation pretty much right in wwe land six and a half years that's pretty much a generation and you know you look at all the things he missed basically the peak and uprise of john cena batista randy orton the final years of hbk and triple h like the rock really stepped away at a time that not so much that they could have used him because they had a very stacked card back then but at the same time, could you imagine if The Rock had stuck around in all those years? And, you know, I don't have to cover that again. The uh, Matt and I did a deep dive on it um, in our What If segment. I think it was our first ever What If that we ever did together. 
But I mean, it makes you realize not to take anything for granted in the world of professional wrestling, right? Because these guys are human beings. And, you know, even though The Rock does come back very, very sparingly nowadays, and obviously we've heard the rumors that he's going to come back for Survivor Series and lead to a big WrestleMania clash with Roman Reigns, which will for sure be awesome. I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel like he plays The Rock anymore. I feel like when he comes back, he plays Dwayne Johnson. And for me, it's kind of disappointing. And I mean, again, maybe it's because The Rock, the the character of The Rock that we fell in love with all those years ago isn't PG. I mean, that's a possibility as well. But I mean, he played it for a bit in his early return in 2011 and was able to walk the line of still making it a family-friendly show. Um... I just, I find it kind of sad that um, we don't get to see this character anymore. And I hope that if and when he does come back to have a program with Roman Reigns, he really, you know, brings back the character The Rock. Not Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. That's the person that we want to see. And this is the person that the crowd used to go ballistic for all the way back in 2004 and even before then. And this is the the character that when we finally do get to see him back in the ring, even though especially nowadays the appearances are few and far between, we want to see The Rock. We don't want to see Dwayne Johnson. We see Dwayne Johnson anywhere, everywhere. You put it on Instagram, Dwayne Johnson's there. You go to the movie theater, Dwayne Johnson's there. You put on NBC, oh, Dwayne Johnson's there. He's all over the place. So if you come back into a WWE ring, be The Rock. Be the guy that the crowd goes ballistic for. Be the guy that made your sparing appearances over 2003 and 2004 just so damn special. Just be that guy and make us relive an era of The Rock just one more time because you have to think that if and when he does come back for a match with Roman at WrestleMania 38, uh, it is 38, isn't it? Yeah, it will be WrestleMania 38, um, that it will probably be his last match and his last big big rivalry and um you just have to hope that he plays the authentic character of the rock but anyway guys that's all i got for you today i hope you enjoyed what is likely my final appearance here on wrestling nostalgia uh i'll be back on friday for rivalries have not thought of a rivalry yet but uh, i'm pretty sure matt will be back on a full-time schedule next week but uh, until then, you can follow him on Twitter at wrestling underscore audio. You can email him at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. And you can get me on Twitter at adamarco25. So until Friday, guys, take it easy, and I'll talk to you next time.